Welcome back to the Spread the Good Stuff podcast. I am your host, Bron Lee, better known as the Good Stuff Guy. Today, we have an amazing, amazing, amazing guest. This human being is doing amazing things for the planet. I mean, he is just showing up in all kinds of ratatatical, magnetatical, gratitatical ways. He has been performing and teaching sound therapy for over 25 years. He's led over 1,500 group meditations. His one-minute meditations have received over 2 million views on Insight Timer. He's the former president of ISTA, International Sound Therapy Association. He is my good friend, my personal mentor, guru, which he loves that word, and a genuinely kind and compassionate human being. It is an honor for me to introduce everybody to my friend, Mr. Don Simmons. Don, welcome to the Thank podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And you know, you call me the guru. You know, you are the guru. <laughs> you are. You are the guru. I appreciate it. Uh, Listen, I love being here. I love hanging with you. You really, you know, when you spread the good stuff, you, they should have a picture of you in the dictionary. Spreading good stuff. <laughs> You can't help but laugh. You can't help but learn. Uh, this is all good stuff. So thank you. Love yeah, brother. And, and maybe one day we'll, we'll get the, the Wikipedia page and it'll be, it won't, it won't be me as an individual. It'll be spread the good stuff and it'll just be, that'll be my bio. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm up for that, brother. I'm up for that. I love it. I yeah. love it. Well, we already started before the camera started rolling here. We were already dialoguing about some really brilliant things, and, and we're going to probably circle around and arrive back to those. But I want to start off the show with asking you, uh, what brings you joy in life, my friend? Broncor, you know, joy is one of those things that, first of all, I do a lot of meditation. Meditation is one of the principal things uh, that I started early on in my life mainly because I had a lot of pain in my life, physical pain. I grew up with a form of arthritis kind of thing. And I realized that joy is never one thing that you can capture. You're always in a state of joy and then not, and then joy and then not. And so what brings me joy really are the small things of life. I uh, right now part-time live on a sailboat in, uh, in the Sarasota area. And it brings me great joy to watch a sunset. Mm. Brings me great joy to sleep and feel yourself sort of bobbing up and down like that as you're, you're doing that kind of thing. Joy is being with good friends like you. And so to me, there's no one thing that goes, wow, that's joy. I love a lot of things. But to me, real joy is in the small things, in the small moments. Um, it's a part of the observation that we do in, in meditation to observe those little joys that when you tack them all together, then that creates a bigger joy. Does that make sense? Yeah, brother, that's powerful. And what I love about your uh, facilitation style in, in you know, mindfulness practice, meditation practice, is that you make things very accessible for everybody. Uh, so for the listeners you know, right now, uh, you know, you're, you're getting this insight to Don and 
you know, you are, you are obviously a very mindful, a mindful dude, you know, sunsets and, and boats and subtle moments and things like that. But you are, you're very self-deprecating. You like to make jokes. You know, you started in, you worked in the film industry for like 30 years in LA. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about, about that uh, particular career and how that, um, uh, has influenced your meditation and mindful, uh, practices? Absolutely. Growing up, I grew up on a farm in Mississippi and the whole time I always wanted to make movies, make, um, you know, little stories that that told something. And so I followed that dream, uh, moved to New York uh, City first, then to California, to Los Angeles. And the film industry really taught me to pay attention to what is in the moment, in addition to my own training of of, you know, dealing with pain and uh, growing up on a farm, you're also listening to the cows and to the horses and to everything else. What do they want? But with the film industry, I learned how to differentiate with personalities and recognizing that one personality was strong and ego and needed stroking and needed whatever, but then the other personality just needed a, a kind ear. And so as a producer, as a, a production manager and director, I could listen to that and then deliver what I needed to deliver to be able to, to get from them uh, what was needed. Yeah. I worked with, I was um, hired one time to work with a celebrity who was difficult on the set. I'm not going to mention a name, but it was some time ago. Um, and I said, I tell you what, let me, I, I'm excited about doing it, but don't let them know that I'm going to be their assistant. He said, why? I said, just trust me on this. And I came around for a couple of days and I would just, hey, how are you doing? Can I get you anything? And then one day I started singing because I knew they were a singer. And this is not about manipulation, but it's about putting things together by listening intuitively and from the heart so I could align myself with that person organically not because someone told me to or told them to. Yeah. So the film industry really taught me how to listen to what people need and then help deliver that. I love that. That's, yeah. that's beautiful, brother. Really nice stuff. And I, I like to, um, you know, I, I work with a lot of sound and music as well. And a, a little, um, a little algorithm, a good little good stuff algorithm that I created was um, retune, listen, improvise. And it's to retune our internal instruments, then listen to the music around us, and then improvise with the jazz of life. And that reminds me so much of, of what you've been practicing for decades I'm not going to say how many decades, but for decades. <laughs> What'd you say? Yeah. <laughs> what was that, Sonny? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get closer to the camera. I can barely see you. Yeah, yeah. But I love that. The, the, art of, the art of listening. And also, as you said, it's not manipulation. It's more of what I was thinking of. It's not manipulation. It's assimilation. And it's actually your... You're learning almost, almost to sense uh, their love language, in a, right, in a way. And then you're meeting them where you're at, where they're at. Yeah, correct. Absolutely. And I love the, that you use that word improvise because that is life in general. You know, uh, in uh, 
early 2020, nobody saw this coming, really. And I'm psychic. And I know all the psychics that it was like, whoa, you had to you had to dance with the improvisation of what was going. Is that a word? Improvisation? Yep. Yep. Um, And it's the same thing with life, like we were improvising life. Same thing with, you know, working with that client that I did or that celebrity. I had to improvise, putting it focused on what that person needed in the moment. And same thing with um, meditation. When I'm leading a meditation, sometimes I have no idea what we're going to be meditating on. I may have an idea, but you start feeling the energy of the group. And some people, you know, you know, going through a lot of troubles and difficulty. Other people are having joy. And so it's finding that dance, that balance with it all. And invariably, they'll say, it seems like you were talking just to me. And that's someone who's having the crisis and someone who's having the joy. Yeah. So it is a, it's an improvise. Yeah. Yeah. Much like this conversation, you know, I mean, that's the, that's the jazz of life. You know, it, yeah. it's, uh, it's in the everyday interactions as we're, you know, uh, getting a coffee at the shop or a sandwich at the deli or driving in traffic or whatever it is. It's, it's, uh, that's all the jazz of life. Yeah, it is. You know, and I was just listening to something not too long ago and they were talking about divine interruption and the divine interruption allows magic to really happen. And so when all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know, I, I dropped my peanut butter and jelly sandwich down. Now I'm, I've got to wait because I got to clean it up or do whatever. And how that now puts you in, into a different space and time to meet somebody else or do something different. Mm. And so that's that now you can be where you need to be because of the divine interruption. And mm. that's not as opposed to getting mad, which I used to do all the time. I still do just a little bit of the peanut butter because now I got to make another sandwich. Yeah. Um, but to recognize this like, oh, that's a divine moment that's getting ready to take place. What's going to happen? Let me get ready for this. Mm. Yeah. So on the forefront of your mind, you're looking for that opportunity. You're ready. You're excited, enthusiastic, and curious. Yeah. 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 A, you, little, yeah. a little story. Um, some years ago I was leading meditation and had been leading meditation at Phoenix and Dragon Bookstore in Atlanta, one of the great places in the country. And they got a call from um one of those dating shows from like MTV or something like that. And they wanted to have the couple uh in meditation and for me to give them a mantra. And everybody was going, What do you want to say? What do you want to say? What are you gonna say? I said, I have no idea. I haven't met him yet, but all of the work that I've done all of my life prepares me for that moment to be present with them to see what they need. Mm. You can't figure it out beforehand. The only thing you can do is do all of your work with such authentic nature that you come to each moment prepared for whatever may take place. Yeah. And that's a, that's a, a fantastic a beacon or North star guiding, you know, guiding light there, you know, for, for the listeners here and viewers, um, you know, wherever you are right now in this moment, 
to just show up right here and be able to hear these words, see this message and, uh, and receive it. You're at the right place at the right time. That's right here and now. And every experience that you've had in your life, every skill you've cultivated, every preferred and less preferred situation you've been in has led you to be fully present in this moment right here. That's it. Exactly, brother. It's it. Exactly. And our biggest challenge, which is always a challenge, even still, is non-judgment. Hmm. Our own judgment. Oh, why not do that? Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm blah, 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 on and on. And so when you stay out of that non-judgment, you're, you're in the excitement of the moment. And that's why, you know, live your life in a way that is like unwrapping a present at Christmas every day. Hmm. Yeah, because there's a reason that the present moment is called present. <laughs> it's a gift. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's a gift. It's a gift. Well, right. Well, one of one of my big passions and and you know part of this movement of spreading the good stuff in the world is really to bring mindfulness to the mainstream and meditation to the masses and to make it accessible to people. What do you what do you uh, what do you have to say uh, to people you know listening here who maybe have either never really tried meditating or have tried it and maybe not had a great amount of success? Do you have any? Any insights for them? Absolutely. And the, the, the thing you want to remember is that even if you feel like you can't meditate or you've never meditated, acknowledge that you actually already have. You know, those moments when you're, for me, sitting around in school, just sort of off <laughs> in a dream kind of thing. It's a meditation of sorts. And so the idea... Is just already own the fact that you've done it and you can do it. Now it's a matter of putting a parameter around it that says, I'm going to consciously do this in a way that now it's what I call spiritual push-ups. When you're sitting and you're doing that work, even though you may not want to at the time, you go and do it anyway. You know, you go to the gym, you work out, you do your things, or, you know, you, you, want to lose weight so you eat really good food, that's your push-up. And meditation is the same thing. You come and you do the meditative push-up. And what I would say is do a meditation for one minute. You can set your timer or you can go to the insight timer and get the one-minute meditation. You just do that one minute and then do that one minute a couple of times a day. Yeah. The reason why is this, is that the brain wants to say, I can't do it, I can't do it, I don't know how to do it, I don't know how to do it. Now, the mind is going, oh, that's where the good stuff lives. The mind knows that's the good stuff, but the brain, which is driving the car, says, I can't do it. But if you do one minute, if you sit for one minute, the mind is going, you see, I told you, you could do it. Brain is going, no, I didn't, no, 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 no. But you do that enough, then all of a sudden the brain is going, I think I did it, I think I did it. Let's do two minutes now. Okay, let's do two minutes. And so then you start working the real push-ups of, in, of increase. Yeah. And you may meditate for, you know, five minutes. Fantastic. You may meditate for one minute. Great. You may meditate for five hours. Great. It's not any better to meditate for five hours than it is for five minutes. It's not about quantity. It's about quality. 
And so just begin a practice. That's the, the key to meditation. Just begin. Yeah. It's powerful. Got to train yeah. that brain, baby. So you got to train the brain. Yeah. So if people want to check out, you have a powerful, as I mentioned in your intro there, you have a powerful, uh, particularly, uh, I know you have several, but uh, there's a one minute meditation on inside timer that got millions of views. What is that uh, meditation for uh, people who want to give it a shot? They can at least commit to one minute. Yeah. You bet. You bet. You can uh, say, you know, you can do anything for one minute. Yeah. You can do anything for one minute. And uh, yeah. So do just do one minute. And, and yeah, I've, I've got a, a, a client and, and friend. He, uh, he says he takes it to work. He does it first thing in the morning. Then as soon as he gets to work, he does it again, then does it for lunch and then does it again before he goes home. And it's his bookend that helps him get centered for that moment. Mm. And it's really powerful as a reset. And I think of the one minute meditation as a reset. It's, uh, you know, back in the day you had to defrag your computer. I don't know. Maybe you still have to do that. I don't know. I haven't done it in years, but to these sort of defrag what's happening in the brain. And it sort of brings you back into that place of I'm just breathing in, I'm breathing out Mm -hmm. and letting other things go. And the more you do that, then again, the more the mind and the body and the spirit are getting accustomed to the success of meditation. Mm, you got to train that brain. I love this. This yeah. is powerful. And if yeah. people want to access that particular, your one minute meditation, what do they search for on, uh, they go to, yeah, tell me. Yeah. Go to insight timer, which is an app and the app has a Himalayan bowl on it. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. And then you search for my name, Don Reed Simmons, R E E D. If you, if you were to Google Don Simmons, you'd find a hockey player. And this guy's really popular. Yeah. So <laughs> really popular. So, <laughs> so you gotta you gotta do the Don Reed, Reed Simmons. Simmons. Okay. Right. Uh, and you go to Don Reed Simmons, and I think I've got like five or six different meditations that are on my little page. And the one minute meditation is, is again over two million uh plays. There's a couple of other meditations that are on there. One's a poem uh that really is a pretty amazing poem also about just how you see yourself. And we use poetry, different kinds of poetry, as a form of meditation also. Same thing with music. And, you know, we talk about, I'm jumping around here a little bit, but, you know, when you think about sound, and we generally think of sound as, you know, a, a flute or a drum or crystal bowl or whatever it may be, but also our voice is a sound and it can be therapeutic. And so I, in my earlier days, even before when I was in college and before I was a DJ uh, for a radio station, I did radio for seven years and I really trained how to use my voice in a, in a way that could be beneficial to others. And so something like a poem is a magical incantation in many ways that helps shift the soul. And so insight timer, Don Reed Simmons, and you'll find the meditations there. It's powerful. And what I love about that is, is, you know, the, the, you know, using the human voice, uh, because we can also, 
soothe ourselves. We can use our own voice. Obviously, we can we can come to an expert like yourself and we can consume your content and, and allow that to be our atmospheric navigator, our guide, right? And narration and such. But we can also utilize our own uh, voices, our breath and our, our own sounds to soothe ourselves. Do you do you have any uh, any practices around that or anything you'd like to, to share with uh, our listeners about that? Literally just like two hours ago. It was a great experience. This person that I've worked with for years, very adept at, um, at uh, sound herself. And she was very nervous about what was taking place in the world. And she was going to go pick up a friend at the airport. And this person was flying and she was nervous about, you know, she's a little bit of a germaphobe, even her own self-admission um, and what's going on. And rightfully so, you know, be, be, be cautious, be aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. She said, I just don't know what to do. I said, well, hum. And when you do, when you do that, you see it as like an umbrella, a cascading fall of sound Mm. that's protecting you. And that vibration of hum shakes off whatever is not authentic for you. Mm. And so just by a little, you're shifting everything around you. And whatever is not authentically there for you starts to move away. That's a very shamanic, I don't, I don't like to call it trick, but it's a shamanic practice of using like your voice to have an incantation, so to speak, of what you may need for healing. I love that, brother. I love that. And we're yeah. going to call that technique the humbrella. So... <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you were going to throw that down. I was waiting. I was like, he's definitely going to drop the umbrella on that. Oh, I love that. We're going to do the umbrella. That's right, bro. Right. I want, I want 10%, man. <laughs> it's yours. You got it. Oh, man. But, but I, I got to say, you know, you can, do, you know, growing up, I grew up on a farm and we had back in the day, you could burn your trash, especially in a farm. Um, and we would take the trash way down the, the pasture. And it was dark. It was black night. And I would run like the Dickens, you know, because you're at the farm. You don't know what's on the other side of that woods. (laughs) And I would start singing. And I knew that that song would get me down there and back safe. And it's the same principle. When you hum, you put on your umbrella. You put on that hum. And it is this protective um, coat that you wear that will, that will protect you. And I urge people, you know, when you feel uncomfortable, like I did when I, you know, was a kid, you hum, you sing, and that creates a shifting of the energy within you that comes out of you. Yeah. And, you know, even if you, even if you look at um, just, just everyday pedestrian human behavior, uh, you know, we have, we have two young boys, three and five years old. And the first thing they do in the morning is they start humming, right? Wow. They, they, they sing as well, but they hum all the time and they're humming. They, they're basically taking things that they consume in the, in the outside world. And then they're interpreting it in their own musical you know way. And they're humming that. And, you know, I, I see them humming, uh, you know, if you think about it, like people self-soothe. 
with humming. They hum when they're happy. They hum when they're doing dishes. Uh, you know, they're humming while they're putting on their makeup or whatever. People are humming all the time. Uh, and, and it seems to be a really powerful tool just in like a kind of, you know, unconscious way to self-soothe. Um, another story growing up, I grew up with cows and I've got a whole story around cows is really hilarious. But, um, the idea is that the sound of a cow, it's like a hum. And so, you know, you think about it, that hum comes from, you know, within your belly, the diaphragm coming all the way up and you can really feel it in the chest. And so if you put your hand at your chest, you can feel that vibration and that vibration is really what starts shifting everything within you. Yes. So it will change your mood. If you're in a bad mood, scared mood, this hum sort of becomes that protection around you. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get that umbrella on. I love it for the listeners out there. I invite you right now, take uh, one hand and put it over your chest and then just let's, let's all just do a single hum together. Ready? Yeah. Wow. I, I feel an energetic shift right away. Yeah. Don, throw it on the cow joke. Throw the cow joke. Well, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, when you, when you're with the cow, they're sacred, they're sacred cows you know, we think we're sacred. We're sitting there going, Oh, Oh, you're sitting there going, moo, moo, (laughs) moo is just om forward. We're going backwards. We're going (laughs) om. They are the sacred ones. We're following them. We're just doing (laughs) (laughs) the sacred cow, oming and mooing. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, om, um, I don't have it here with me. You might have one there. But when you're when you're humming, when you're oming, it's that tuning fork. You know, it is the sound of that tuning fork which tunes everything to that one place. And it's so powerful when you reset, which is what a tuning fork will do. It'll Mm. reset you. Sound resets everything. Yeah. So, yeah, that's powerful. Yeah, that's really powerful. Uh, why, why do you do what you do, brother? Why do you do this? Brunkar, that's a really good question. And I don't even know. You know, I know that it's something that I need to do. Uh, I've, I wanted to be in the film business. I wanted to put out wonderful little movies. Um, I didn't get to where I wanted to be while I was in the industry. But one of the things that I did do was I trained a lot of people on how to be a director or how to be a production manager. Mm -hmm. And so I was always, I was constantly training people. I didn't think of myself as a teacher. I just did what I did. The whole time, ever since I was a kid, I've always been in meditation. I didn't even know what meditation was until much later. But I was using this, what I then what I now know as mindfulness, as a way of self-healing. And it came down to it. I had a choice to make, stay in the film industry and 
really sort of be a little unsatisfied with how things were going and with certain people that I had to deal with or sort of go on another on another path. Now, one of the things that helped me move in that direction was I was in meditation and all of a sudden I had an experience, what some people called a, a spontaneous past life regression. And in this spontaneous past life, I saw myself as a spiritual teacher um, in Central America. And I was going from village to village to village, teaching people spirituality. And so at the time, I thought, well, let me let me just see what it would be like if I were to start teaching some of the things that have been taught to me. Um, in 1976, I didn't have a near-death experience, but I came to the place where I knew that I could have died. And I was plucked out of that situation by what then revealed themselves to me as a uh, Hawaiian shaman. And that shaman sort of taught me all of these things in a real physical way, even though it was metaphysical teaching. But they said, this is something for you to do. This is something for you to be. And so I thought, let me just, I know, go with the flow. When my spirit guide says, this is who you are. My own past life says, this is what you've done. Let's try that. And as soon as I said, okay, let's go into this world where I'm teaching meditation, teaching shamanism, teaching sound therapy, doors open. Yeah. The doors open. Yeah. And so I knew that it was a great calling that had been out there for a long time. It was me holding tight the door that finally I said, fine, let's go. Yeah. And that's why I do what I do. Now, I recognize there's the bigger picture with why I do it, is that I really believe that the world needs this work. A, a, a phrase I use is the world needs more shamans. The shaman training that we do is about being conscious, being awakened to what is and not being afraid of, of what's going around you. And there's a lot to fear. But as you stand up into the awakening part and recognizing that the only relationship you need to be concerned about is your relationship with great spirit. Nurture all of the deeper relationships, your partner, your children, your family, your friends. Nurture those. No doubt. Always date your wife as a friend of mine says. But your only relationship really is with source. And to me, that's what I work on a daily basis. So when I work on myself in relationship to source, then the energy frequency and vibration of who I am then spreads out. Doesn't matter if I'm teaching shamanism or meditation or if I were to go back into the film industry. Mm. I'm still me doing what I do, and that changes everything. Even in the film industry, I would you know, teach a little meditation to someone or read someone's palm in between shots. And so I knew that in many ways, my job was not to produce that commercial, but to be with that person who is going through struggles, big struggles. And I've seen 
shifts and changes just by showing up, doing what I do. Yeah. Awesome, brother. And, yeah, you're, and, I will, yeah. and I will say that's available for everybody. You don't have to be a meditation teacher or a shaman teacher. Yeah. Be who you are with the authentic nature yes. of spirit and self. Yes. And that's what I love about you is you make things so accessible. You know, I've studied with you for years. I took a year long uh, shamanism course with you. I loved it because it was so accessible and you're cracking jokes and you're having fun and you're lighthearted. And then we go super deep and we do this, this deep journey, but then we come out and it's like, Hey, you know, it's like, it, it's just, it's accessible and fun. And I had a, I had a blast in your, uh, in, in your class. And I was, I was officially nicknamed the Keanu Reeves of shamanism. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, but that was, that was so much fun. And, and, and I just, I love the accessibility of, of, of what you bring because you're bringing, uh, this very, very, uh, uh, abstract, uh, in a lot of people's minds, you know, this metaphysical esoteric, a lot of these concepts that aren't, you know, taught in certainly not in, you know, mainstream educational systems. Um, you're bringing this, this, this new way of thinking to many people, but you're, you're doing it in a way that's accessible and that's fun and practical. And you can go and do, you know, implement it in your own way. And, and actually at the time where I was studying with you, I had a huge year of, you know, I had like 60 keynote uh, speeches for like government IT and all of these like really buttoned up organizations. And I was taking the shaman training and I was pouring it into my corporate keynoting, you know, and that was the way that I, but you made it so accessible to where it's like, Hey, take this ingredient and bake it into your unique recipe of life, you know? And I loved uh, every once in a while, I would get a call from you from who knows where you were. Uh, Don, okay, so I've got these five stones. If I put them this way and that way, should I yeah. do this? Or what should I do? Yeah. And it was awesome because you were taking these principles that are really global, what I call the global shaman. It's yeah. global shamanism and putting it into practice of doing what you're doing. Yeah. Part of my task, so to speak, from my, my own spirit guide was to, to lift the veil of the mystique, the mystery, and for people to recognize that nature is all around you. And so you can learn from nature. That's not, not a mystery. It's here for you. And you took to it like so few people do. You were down with it, and you did so amazing. And again, being able to spread that information to so many people that you touched. And that's the great thing about the work that we do is that, and the work that everybody has the opportunity to do, is that you're not holding it, you're giving it to others. Mm -hmm. I saw an interview with um, oh, the actor that played Zorba the Greek. And he said, as an actor, you take everything in, all of your learning, all of your training, all of your experiences of life, melt it with that character, and then you give it away. You put it all out. You give it all away. And that's what I feel that in life, that's what we try to do. Again, that's that have that relationship with great spirit, first and foremost. Develop friendships and loves. And then with everyone you meet, give it away. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, because there's nothing that you will be missing. It will only increase what you give out. Yeah. 
I love it. Uh, okay. So you're in a lot of leadership roles. Uh, you know, you're teaching and facilitating and guiding, uh, people, you know, most of the time in your life, like a large percentage of your day is consumed by being in a leadership role. You know, who is, who is one of the greatest influences on your life? Somebody that you respect that you've, that you've learned from that maybe changed the trajectory of your life. I have to say, I'm very lucky. First and foremost, mom and dad. I had a great mom, a great dad. My dad was a teacher. He was a, a, a pilot and taught um, uh, flying. My mom was just this amazing person that had complete love and compassion and an extremely strong boundary. She had a great bullshit uh, uh, filter. Yeah. And could go right through it. <laughs> so mom and dad, for sure. Outside of my parents. I got to say, you know, people like Titnat Han is a huge influence. And Titnat Han is a Vietnamese Buddhist monk. And he was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize by Martin Luther King. And if you look at the lineage of peace in the world, you look at uh, Gandhi, Martin Luther King, Titnat Han. Titnat Han was bounced out of Vietnam because he had a radical idea. Don't have war. <laughs> what a radical idea. So they kicked him out. And he started his monasteries actually in France. But Titnan Han stays in a place of equanimity all the time. And what a beautiful thing to be. A beautiful thing to be. There's, again... You know, the same thing with joy. What brings you joy? Mentors show up all the time in all places. I had a great mentor in the film industry, and I worked on two jobs with him. He didn't know that he was my mentor. But the great thing about it is that uh, I, it was the very first film that I worked on. And he had a presence, even though he was very small, very quiet, very gentle. But when he walked in the room, everybody shut up. <laughs> and he would just, hello, is everybody doing okay? Did we get the day done? Oh, good. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. And, but he, he had that strength that you wanted to like F.A. F. A. Miller. And whenever uh, I was training, whenever I was working as a production manager or producer, and I got into a, a bind, I would say, what would F.A. Miller do? Hmm. And I would sit and I would hold the energy of F.A. Miller. And I would hear his voice. Then I would just start doing that kind of thing. And it worked out. Wow. Now, here's another interesting part about F.A. Miller. I knew he had retired. And I has, had left the industry myself. And I wanted to talk to him. And I found him, got his phone number, called him. And I said, F.A., just want to let you know you inspired me. Uh, I love you know, I appreciate you and everything else. He goes, oh, Don, that's really nice, by the way. And I was doing hypnosis and past life, et cetera, and all that. He said, that's really nice. I really enjoyed the film industry. But, you know, Don, I'm now doing hypnosis and past life regression work. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, how crazy is that? <laughs> and so, you know, there's this mentor person that inspires you not just of a thing you do, yeah. but the person you are. Yes. And I think a good mentor 
a good person who inspires you. Doesn't show you do it this way. They inspire you to be more of yourself to do it your way. Mm. That's deep, bro. <laughs> as deep as deep. And I love, I love the way you came back. I, I love the way you came back and you thanked him for what he did and for, for the listeners and viewers out there, you know, who is somebody that's inspired you and is there an opportunity here, an invitation that I'm giving you right now, should you choose to accept and open that invitation? Is there a way that you could reach out to, uh, to, to, to somebody that has touched your life in a positive way and just simply thank them uh, because they may need that pick me up as well because people are people and uh, they, they might need that love uh, and that gratitude uh, today. And Broncar, thank you for saying that because there are those people, you know, they say, um, be aware, even the strong people need love. And so those teachers, deserve uh, a moment of gratitude from us. So do that. Thank you for bringing that up for people. Absolutely. And and, and I would even, I would even say that the more, because I've, I've worked with a lot of celebrities as well and been around a lot of, you know, famous people. And I would say that the, the, in my observations, the more famous many people become, or the higher up, so to speak, in the leadership chain people become, the more isolated uh, oftentimes they become. And, uh, and so those people n- may just need it even more. And maybe, we, maybe we're intimidated by them. I've actually heard this about you because you're, you're, pretty, you're pretty hot stuff in, uh, in, in, in some circles that, that I've been around. And I've heard people say, oh, man, Don Simmons, man, he is, I'm so intimidated by him. He's man, he, what a powerful guy. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? That's just Don. Like Don's my man. Like, what do you, what do you mean? And they're like, no, don't you get intimidated? I'm like, no, he's so accessible. What are you talking about? But you have that presence about you as well. Even though I, uh, I broke through that. I broke through all that BS. No, no, no. I'm like, no, Don is totally accessible, but but how many how many random voice memos have you gotten from me where I'm just like, Don, I just want to thank you, man. You changed my life. You give us, you know, it's just like, boom, bro. You have, you have, <laughs> you have. And I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. And, it, and it's true. I mean, we all need, you know, we're all human. And, you know, having that moment of saying thank you, that's a really big deal. That's a really big deal. By the way, and you talk about, you know, the standard of, of you know, that person that's really made a success or they're in a certain area where they may feel isolated. Another quick story. There was a friend of mine who worked as a private chef on uh, uh, jets. And the person that she was flying, she flew a corporation. The person of the company was one of the, uh, there was a Forbes five company at the time. And the CEO was this guy that, I mean, made millions and millions of dollars and they were worth billions as a company. So he always had people around, except when he was on that jet. He was himself. Mm-hmm. And the person that I'm talking about, she had this frequency and vibration of love, acceptance, joy, friendship, all of that. And so when he stepped on to his private place, the jet, which we all will have one day, I'm sure, 
he felt comfortable and at home. And so one day she was walking down the street. She were in, they were in San Francisco and she was just sort of enjoying the day walking around. And she looked and she saw this big group of people. And she saw this guy break out from the from the group. And it was her CEO. And she goes, hey, how are you doing? And came over and gave her a hug. And she was like, oh, my God, what's going on? And the reason being is that he probably felt so uncomfortable being with all of those people that just a touch point of the frequency and vibration of who my friend was, is still, was that moment where they could let go for a moment. And that's why it's so important, regardless of how high by, you know, uh, popularity someone is, by staying yourself, by, by honing the vibration of who you are, mm. you never know who you will inspire Yes, just by being you. Yes, brother. Powerful. Yes. Powerful stuff. Yes. I, uh, I like to call that being in alignment and being in vibrational congruency. And yep. when we are in vibrational congruency, that's when we are, you know, emitting like that. So yeah, I love that. And, you know, it made me think as you, as we were kind of unpacking there, uh, that, uh, that leadership and, and fame and celebrity stuff, what is your definition of success? You know, everything to me is in the little moments. And, you know, they say, you know, success is if you have changed a person's life for the better. And I recognize that I have done that in spades, and I'm very grateful for that. And I think that in many ways that is a success just by continuing to do the work that I do by continuing to hone my relationship with great spirit, mm-hmm. that, that place of self to source. I'm still working on my own self judgment. I'm still working on my own, you know, um, uh, the, the little human stuff that comes in the way and it does, but continuing to do the spiritual push-ups, that's the success. Yeah. And in many ways, the success is not giving up. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I was intimidated by you, by all of the instruments you play and you juggle into me. <laughs> you can juggle. That's amazing. <laughs> that is success. Yeah. 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 And you said, I even said something to you about that some time ago. You go, oh, anybody can juggle. <laughs> I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, when I juggle, I will be successful for being able to juggle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. Right. I love that. I love that. But it really is. It's the moment to moment. You know, the success is in the moment to moment. The mm. other day, I was busy. I was trying to get some things done and I was TikTok looking at the clock. The sun was about to go down and going, ah, let me just finish this and I'll watch a sunset on another day. And I thought, no, you are here for a reason. That is why you're here. Go Mm -hmm. watch the sunset. And I got up and I went and watched the sunset. I was successful. Not because I finished that project. I finished it later. I watched the sunset. That was the success. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love what you said there. Success is in the moment to moment. And that's, you know, 
again, you know, your, your brilliance of deconstructing uh, these large concepts of mindfulness and meditation and sound therapy and all this stuff, shamanism, all this. And it's like deconstructing it into bite-sized pieces. You know, it's like, how do you eat a plate of nachos one bite at a time, you know? And it's like, that's it. And so that's what I, that's what I, that's where, you know, you and I sync up on that. And, you know, um, and, and certainly there, there is, there is some, uh, you know, some value to looking at a, at a more macro pers- perspective of success. Yeah. 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 But yeah, what yeah. I like to do is, and this is applicable, um, in addition to what you just shared, uh, for our listeners, which is, um, you know, the simple thing, uh, for around success at the end of each day, you know, at the end of each day, what I do is I ask myself, I say, did I spread the good stuff today? And that's all I ask myself. Did I spread the good stuff today? And then I can go as deep down that rabbit hole as I want or stay as shallow as I, as I want. But I ask myself that question. And immediately when I ask myself, did I spread the good stuff today? I start my, my, my search engine, my mental search engine starts, starts to search for spreading the good stuff, spreading the good stuff, spreading the good stuff. And so I start thinking about that. And then I start to think of little moments that I had where I was like showing up in vibrational congruency. I was showing up with kindness, compassion, empathy, love, creating harmony, unlocking that harmonic potential. And I start to look for that. And so that's, oh, I'm finding that, I'm finding that, I'm finding that. And that reinforces it. And if I, if I show up and I, and I have a moment, which never happens to me, you know, every day, a moment where I wasn't uh, in vibrational congruency or I made a less preferred choice or I lost my temper with my kids parenting. Imagine that no parents ever done that or whatever that may have may look like. Then I say, okay, how can I improve upon that? How can I extract that lesson? And then I release that energy after I extract the lesson, release that energy. Thank you. And bye-bye let that energy go. Right. And then I take that lesson and then I project it into the future. And I say, okay, tomorrow when some similar situation of that happens, I'm going to show up like this, but it starts with that simple, simple question did I spread the good stuff today? Yeah. I, and that's the brilliant part about it. And it really is that moment to moment. And, you know, you, you put all those moments together. Years ago, I taught a thing that I called Zen golf, the mindfulness of golf. And you recognize in golf, if anybody's a golf golfer, that you get up on the tee and you whack the hell out of it. And then you have a lot of little shots. It's in the little shots that you win the game. Mm-hmm. You need to have a good long view, no doubt. You need to have a good big picture of life, but it's in the short game where you really win. Mm. Mm. Man, I, mm. love, I love that so much. I'm not an expert golfer, but that metaphor works brilliantly. Yeah. So I, I, really, I really hope that people are making some notes. And, yeah. um, and speaking of that, what, what is it, that you hope um, hope to inspire uh, in, in our listeners today? You know, I hope to inspire people to take the opportunity of being awakened to what is and to not judge themselves so much, to be able to uh, be kinder to themselves first and foremost, because when you're kinder to yourself, you will automatically be kinder to others. It may take a moment, but you'll be able to get there and to start doing a meditation. There's an old joke to every carpenter, everything can be solved with a two penny nail. 
to every meditation teacher, everything can be solved by meditation. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I really think it's true. Uh, <laughs> so I, I would like to inspire people to laugh, then go meditate. And do just that one minute of deeper meditation, of consciousness, of awakening, of kindness, of non-judgment of self, and then come back and laugh some more. I love that. I love that, brother. I love that. Yeah. Um, so where can our listeners uh, find you uh, if, they're, if they're wanting to uh, go down the, the Don rabbit hole? <laughs> Don Reed, R-E-E-D, Simmons, at uh, .com. And Don, so that yeah. tells most everything about me. Um, I've also got uh, a whole segment there on sound, uh, sound therapies, uh, sacred sound ministry, mm -hmm. uh, using the acoustic meridian intelligence, mm. uh, which is an incredible machine. Mm. Have you seen the AMI? The I have. Yes. Awesome. Yes. And so I'm doing a lot of work with that now also. Um, and so DonReedSimmons.com, again, if you put in DonSimmons.com, you'll get a great hockey player that sells. He, he actually died, but his legend lives on and he sells all kinds of goalie gear. Yeah. If, if you get a hockey player, you, you, it means you forgot the read. Okay. Right. Right. Uh, I love, I love that brother. And may, and, and I'm, I'm going to have to have you back on the show uh, and we can go deeper down the, the sound therapy uh, rabbit hole because that's a very deep rabbit hole as you and I have, have gone down before, but that's something that I believe that our listeners would really benefit from. Um, so I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. I want to give a special shout out to our sponsors. Oh, wait, we don't have any sponsors yet. But if you would like to be a sponsor, seriously, if you would like to be a sponsor or you know somebody who would like to be a sponsor, please visit us at spreadthegoodstuff.com, spreadthegoodstuff.com. Send us a message. Let us know because we are looking to align ourselves with uh, powerful businesses uh, and, and human beings that uh, want to be alliance partners. Uh, we cannot do this ourselves. And our mission is to reach the, the minds and the hearts of millions and millions of people. So if you're interested in supporting our cause, please get in touch with us at spreadthegoodstuff.com. Uh, you can also get uh, t-shirts like the one I'm wearing here. Uh, we've got lots of t-shirts, spread the good stuff, t-shirts, mugs, fanny packs are coming soon. Uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I still haven't left the seven days, my friend. I, still haven't left. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I'm a dad, so I got to wear one. It's, quite, it's part of the gig. I signed the contract when I had my second, you know, um, here's your child. Here's your fanny pack. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you again, my friends. And if you found value in this uh, podcast, make sure to spread this to somebody else, share it with somebody who you think would benefit, get out there in the world, spread the good stuff, shine your light brightly, sing your theme song at the top of your lungs, because the world needs you to show up and create a powerful echo effect that will live long, long, long into the future and make the world a better place. Big love to my man, Don Simmons, Don Reed Simmons. Thank you for joining me, my friend. I'm Bron Carly, the good stuff guy. Have an outstanding day. Spread that good stuff.